What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Furfy Talks. And today's episode, I don't know why I keep on saying today. It's like any... This episode <laughs> is going to be a... Um, it's interesting. So I was thinking, I don't know what the fuck... I forgot what the fuck was on my mind when I was thinking about this. But um, basically, girl, I don't know. Um, I forgot what the fuck inspired me to do this. But basically, I'm going to go ahead and open up my old writing projects and read them to you guys. And uh, just let you all know what was going on in my mind when I was 15 years old because that's when these were written and I also need you to all know to this is when I was 15 but at the same time I've been writing for a minute I have a lot of stories out there that I need to recover uh but these are um from when I were in high when I was in high school and I um I just wanted to, I don't know, these stories in particular are, were inspired by, um, fairy tales, um, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, six inspired by fairy tales, um, one that's, I have, and three fan fictions, um, if you don't know what fan fiction is, fan fiction is basically when people write their own versions of stories taking place in their favorite universes of their TV shows, books, movies, or whatever in that fandom. So I decided I'm going to share one of my stories with you guys. I'm trying to figure out which one do I want to share. Because a lot of these are like uh, hilarious. I was reading some of them this morning. I'm trying to figure out which ones I don't want to read. Do I want to read? Uh... I'm going to read my Little Mermaid one. Um, like I said, please, please please, acknowledge that these were when I was fucking 15. Um, but I just want to share these with you guys just to see, just, mm, just to share. And these are uncontinued, so I don't know. Leave y'all a good cliffhanger or something. It'll be fun. Um, but yeah, so let's get started. First story is silence. I walked through the forest towards the creek where it was the middle of the night so I know I wouldn't get caught. I take my shoes off by a tree and walk towards the creek where it was wide and deep enough for me to swim through and transform. I take a deep breath and plunge right in. Instantly, the tingles covered my body from the waist down. I break the surface and smile. My tail felt amazing, its blue scale shimmering in the moonlight with the waters dripping through its through my fins. I waited a little bit enjoying myself, feeling free and amazing and loose as ever. When the sound of music far off catches my attention, I dive on, under and swim towards its direction. I think it's a party. I wouldn't know much about them because I'm homeschooled. I see lights and people dancing. I make sure to stay low and lift my head up a little, stopping at my nose. It was beautiful. Kids my age were dancing to music, eating and drinking. The setting was filled with laughter and conversation. It was all so fascinating. I felt so strange being here and not understand any of it. Yes, 
I am that much of an outcast. You see, I'm my mother's only son. She has four daughters, all older than me. There's Tara, Bella, Nessa, and Stella. They all went to regular school and lived regular lives. Me, on the other hand, well, mother didn't think I was ready. A 15-year-old like you, Sid, wouldn't be able to handle life out there. You're my baby boy, and I don't want you to get hurt, she would say. I wouldn't argue with her because she is oversensitive and gets angry rather fast. Plus, she warns us about keeping them our personal secret under wraps. So I've been taught by a personal tutor to make sure none of that ever happens. The only way I know about the outside world is through my sisters. They tell me everything about life at school, their work, mall, parties, and all sorts of things. But if there was one thing that intrigued me the most, it was boys. Now, I knew I was gay since, like, forever, but I never knew how or why. My sisters would go on and on about this guy and that guy, and it just grows on me. So I see when, when, so when I see the most beautiful guy ever, I felt like I've seen it all. He was a white guy with copper hair. He had a smile that just lit up the area. I stared at him as he danced goofily on the stage. Go, Ricky. Go, Ricky. His friends would chant, Ricky. This beautiful creature's name is Ricky. The kids surrounded him and it blocked my view of him. I avert my eyes over to the lights and see that their fire holders, kind of trembling near the base, were a little too close to the table. I want to say something, but I don't want to blow my cover. I try throwing rocks at them, but no one's acknowledging me, which, I mean, why would I want them to? I look back and see now that the table is in flames and I don't know how to, what to do, so I just shout, The table's on fire! Instantly, they see what I see, and some starts to run and put it out. Ricky is one of them. He starts throwing water on it and is stopping it out. Watch out, someone yells. A guy comes through with a keg and a hose. He doesn't realize his stupidity until the whole ground ignites in flames. Not everyone is running away. Ricky is heading not too far away from me. He's halfway there until he trips on a root. He falls down and there's a loud thud that he rolls in the water. I swim over to him just as he lays there. Uh, okay, y'all, I'm sorry. But, like, it was also, like, there's a lot of grammatical errors in this bitch. I'm also thinking, like, girl, did you really know what the fuck you were talking about? But, mind you, I was 15. Um, so I'm going to start back over where Ricky's running away. He's halfway there until he trips on a root. He falls down, and there's a loud thud that he rolls in the water. I swim over to him as he just lays there, floating. I turn him over, facing towards me, and hold in a gasp. He has a gash on his forehead near his temple where the blood is mixing in with his copper hair in a really, really, really running river. I looked around to see if any one of his friends were around. We seemed to be alone, so I pulled him into the water and swam him upstream. I have my phone in my shoes, so I'll just call for help and watch him until he's safe. He was heavy, but not too heavy for me underwater. I needed to get out the water before the river snakes came. And boy... He does not want to be around when the river snakes came. But they came. So, as we got close to my spot, I started to hear hissing. And I look under and see three snakes coming toward us. And I think quickly. I pulled on a branch from the... Uh, I pulled on a low-hugging branch from the tree above me. And throw it in their direction, causing them to scatter it. With just enough time to throw Ricky onto the bank of the stream. He groans a little, so I pull myself on top to the land and wait till I'm dried off. The snakes never come on land if people are around, so I'm grateful for that. Must be a mortal and magic thing. My legs form and I stand up. I pull Ricky from under his arms and drag him rested away up closer to the, sh- up closer to the street. 
He's even heavier now that he's on land. We make it to my spot and I drop him there. I get my phone and call for help. They say that they'll be there in a few minutes and then I hear Ricky groan. I sit by him and take a closer look at him. He was even more beautiful up close. His nose is so cute, his lips nice and pink. I wanted to be where he was, to be able to see him every day in the glow of his smile. What would I give to be where you are? What would I pay to stay here beside you? As the raindrop falls and hits my arm, I couldn't care less that my tail was just now informing right in front of a mortal, no less. I wouldn't want any secrets, call it crazy, but I know what I want with this. I think about what would I give to see him smiling at me. And Ricky's eyes flutter, and I see a flash of beautiful, beautiful emerald green. Now I know how he looks all together, and now he sees me. Now where would we walk, and where would we run? And if we could stay all the day in the sun, it's just him and me. Wish I could be part of his world. I felt his hands creep up my back and lands back down where my back and tail meet. He was lazily looking at me. I could tell his vision was blurry because he's starting to squint. And start to lean down, getting drawn in by the green eyes. Eyes greener than the sea that my grandmother lives in. When a cop car pulls up, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I grab my shoes and dive into the creek. I swim down to a boulder where I'm safe out of sight, where I can still see Ricky. A cop pulled up and looked for Ricky. When he saw him, Ricky was standing and heading towards the water once again. <laughs> he ran down and grabbed Ricky, thinking he was probably delusional. I need to find him, Ricky said, and his voice, his voice... Who, buddy, the cop asked. The boy who saved me, Ricky said. He took a step forward and his knees buckled under him. The cop grabbed him and lifted him up. Let's get you home. The cop led Ricky to his car. They drove off and I was left alone in the rain. I laid my back against the boulder and swooned. I think I just fell in love with a boy I don't even know. I don't know when and I don't know how, but something's really, really, really starting right now. I'll just have to wait and see because someday I will be part of his world. I walked through the house humming as I brought everyone their laundry. I've never been so happy from an encounter that happened two weeks ago. The girls were giggling every time I passed by. It was weird because I don't understand what was so funny. I put my clothes away and head to Tara's room. They all sat on the floor talking. They looked at me and instantly bursted into her hysterical laughter. What the hell is going on, I asked. Oh, nothing, said Bella coyly. Just shocked to be in the presence of a hero, Nessa chirped. What are... Oh, no. I closed the door and sat on the floor. How do you know, I asked. It's all over school. Ricky sees us in the days all in the past two weeks. He said the most beautiful person ever saved his life. He said it was a boy with a beautiful voice and amazing brown eyes, Stella said. I had to admit, I blushed a little at the fact that he remembered my beautiful, beautiful voice and my brown eyes. Some people said you jumped out of nowhere, grabbed Ricky and flew out of there, Nessa laughed. (laughs) That's not what happened and no one was there, I protest. At Grimside, the truth always gets twisted, bro, Bella smiled. 
So, what happened, Stella asked. I'll go into detail on how the night's events went. When I was done, the girls gave me a look of worry. What, I asked. He could have seen your tail, Tara said. He didn't. Besides, a whole bunch of weird shit happens at Grimside, Nessa smirks. Nessa was right. Grimside is a weird school. Kids take on lives of characters from fairy tales. It's just up to them on how the story goes, and they have to pass it off like it's nothing. I wish I could see him again. I'll do anything for him, I say. The girls gave each other a testy look. They know something. I can see him. Spill it, I say. There's nothing to spill, Bella laughs. You really think we know something, Nessa says. We can help you, Stella shrugs. I turn to give Tara the stare. She's easy to crack, and I know she can help me out. Besides, I don't have to do anything. Just look. Tara breathes harder. She's gonna crack. We have an uncle who specializes in dark magic because anyone who wants they want with a huge price, Tara blurts. The girls groan in disappointment and yell at Tara. Sorry, she squeaks. Where can I find him, I asked. At our school. He's one of our dark magic specialists, Tara says. Wow, all I have to do is see him. Whatever you do, don't contact him, Bella warns. Too late. If you guys try to stop me, I'll tell mom how your boyfriends know about your tales. With that, I left them with their mouths open. It's time for me to go ahead and get my man. The school's directory told me that uncle my that my uncle's name is Urchin Sales. I looked him up in the phone book for his address. Of course, it would be in the most dangerous part of the city. Oh, well. When the girls went to the mall and mom went to the store, I made my move. In the neighborhood my uncle lived in, was known for drugs and gangs. In the magic community, it's known for dangers and villains and crap like that. I stood on the doorstep and hesitated. The girl said he was a dangerous guy. Should I trust him? Well... Well, he is family. Before I get to knock on the door, it swings open. The guy in front of me was handsome, but looked all too familiar. Hello, said Lee. His voice is soothing. Hi. Do I know you? I asked. He laughed. It's me, your Uncle Archie. I raised my eyebrow. How rude of me. Come in. He grabs my shoulder and ushers me in. His apartment was dark with a lot of ultraviolet lighting. It had a weird smell to it. His shelves were filled with vials and jars filled with liquids and objects. Two Dobermen came barking and charging at me out of nowhere, causing me to jump back into Urchin and fa- feel him grab me by my shoulders. Eel, Krill, back up, he barks. The dogs whimper and back away. Urchin walks ahead of me and walks down the hall. Sorry about them. They get hostile when they ain't hungry, he says over his shoulder. I follow him to what's supposed to be a dining room with even more hesitation than before. In the center of it is a cauldron that's lit with an eerie, purplish glow. Urchin's standing over it, giving me a sinister look. So he wants to go to school to be with the boy you just met, he said matter-of-factly. My jaw has dropped now. How do you know that? Let's say I've had this case before. He stalks across the room and starts grabbing vials and shells. Can you help me? I asked. Of course, but for a reasonable price, he said. He poured a green liquid into the cauldron, and then he grabbed two shells and tossed them in. He took a pinch of a purplish and sand, a purplish sand, and sprinkled it into the clo- in clockwise, counterclockwise. You kids today, Urchin chuckled. I have a name for you all, poor unfortunate souls. By now, everything in my mind was telling me to get the hell out of here. I fought them off with a freaky face in my mind. I have to see him. Okay, kiddo, here's the deal, Urgent says, rubbing his hands. You're going to drink this potion. You have to imagine you're at school with Ricky, darling. As you drink it, 
as trinkets. I'm sorry, y'all. It's just, I don't know. I'm trying to get the character in Switch, too. But, you know. When you're done, your mom will have your... Ah, okay. So, I'm going to go ahead and ring the bell. Start back over. By now, everything in my mind was telling me to get the hell out of here. I fought them off with Ricky's face in my mind. I have to see him. Okay, kiddo, here's the deal, Urchin said, rubbing his hands. You're going to drink this potion. You have to imagine you're at school with Ricky as you drink it. When you're done, your mom will have changed her mind and you will be enrolled there. You will have till the spring dance, which is in two weeks, to get Ricky to fall for you. I let out a sigh. That doesn't sound too hard. That'll be easy, I say out loud. Not really, Urchin snaps. That's where my price comes in. I know. I pulled out a wad of money. Wad of money. $450. Urgent eyes the money, then laughs. He pushes my hand and pulls out a shell. <laughs> I want your voice, he says. What? I. What? Kid, this is the price you'll have to pay. Your voice for your freedom, he says. What happens if he doesn't love me, I ask. A look of fear quickly washed over his face. He grabbed my arm and led me to a window looking out into his backyard. He had a very big pond at the end of the balcony, and it had tons of catfish in it. But they weren't just catfish. They had human eyes and distinct human features. They looked so miserable. Were these his ex-clients? If he doesn't kiss you with love behind it, you'll become one of them. And you stay that way forever, he said icily. I look at him and see that he has a new emotion in his eyes. Does he hate it when this happens? If so, why keep making these deals? We walk back inside. I see a tank with one catfish alone. and looked like the others, only with a certain golden whisker on its face. What's so special about this one, I asked. That's none of your business. Now, do we have a deal or no? He asked. I have to give it a thought. How will I be able to be with Ricky if I can talk or sing? Maybe I could write him? Who still writes letters? Well, I have a phone. I could just humor him, be around him, smile, get his attention. It's worth a shot. I look at Urchin and give him a nod. He smiles and starts chanting, Aruba barubula aquensis elemonomi, laryngitis salentitis, hoimoris alomi. Now sing, Sidley, he said. I couldn't think of a note, so I let out a lengthy, long note. The fumes from the cauldron seemed to circle around me. I felt my vocal cords tightening and my voice getting smaller, burning away like sand. A blue stream of smoke left my mouth as my voice was carried away. Urchin grabbed a large shell and scooped some potion from the cauldron into it. He handed it to me, and I took it. It tasted sour at first. With a sweet burn as it reached my throat, I felt like I swallowed honeyish fire. I thought about being in class with Ricky, talking to Ricky, riding a bus to school, having a locker, being with other people, holding hands with Ricky at what would be my first dance. The fire in my throat left, and I just stood there. I looked at Urchin and saw that the shot I drank from was glowing. It had a bluish glow. 
Then started it then started to turn into dust. And the dust seemed to flow up through my body, through my throat. And as I tried to speak out and say something about the choking feeling, my voice was gone. I tried to talk, but it burned more. I tried to sing, but it felt like knives were scratching my throat. I looked at Urchin with a look of worry. You got your wish, kid. He smiled. I can't believe it. Did it work? Only way to find out is just go home. I give Urchin a hug and run out the door into my future. Okay, guys, so I'm going to go ahead and end that there because, uh, yeah, um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, never finished it beyond that. Um, so, yeah, let's see. Just tell me how you guys feel about that. I'm also going to listen to this, too. Cringe a little bit. But, hey, let's do this. Uh, Y'all lucky enough, y'all ain't had to read that. Y'all just... just Yeah, I'm glad y'all ain't had to read it. So... Furfy out.